New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Dr. Richard Miller. He's a clinical psychotherapist and the author of Psychedelic Medicine, The Healing Powers of LSD, MDMA, Psilocybin, and Ayahuasca. And I'm speaking with Dr. Miller at his home by remote connection. Welcome, Richard, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Your book, it's just filled with all sorts of interviews that you have done with very legitimate researchers on the subject of psychedelic medicine. And in fact, calling it a medicine rather than a drug is a significant view of what it is and what it can do for us. So please tell us a little bit about who you've actually had dialogue with, and what is the work being done in this area in the United States these days? Well, fortunately, uh, I began this book when I was uh, close to 80 years old. So I had uh, 50 years of experience meeting people in my profession, and I had the good fortune to meet the leading scientists in the United States who had the courage to keep knocking on the government's door over a period of many years of getting turned down, turned down, turned down, turned down, and some of them actually got through and were able to do some research. And I knew these folks because we we met at conferences and I met them at various places like Esalen or at Wilbur Hot Springs where we hang out. They are the foremost scientists in the United States, if not the world, on the topics of LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, and ayahuasca. These are the people who have the most scientific information on what these substances do, what they don't do, what are the benefits. And what I learned was that the benefits were beyond what I thought they were, because the benefits are partly for healing, and that's why we use the word medicine, but there are also the benefits of creativity, and creativity spawned things like Apple, because Steve Jobs used LSD, and astrophysics, because after he died, Carl Sagan's widow acknowledged that he had been using LSD, but he was afraid to tell the world, so he told her she could tell the world after he passed. Watson and Crick, in their discovery of the DNA molecule, used LSD as a tool. And so what we find here is this is a a substance which can be applied for healing, for trauma, for getting into crevices of the consciousness that otherwise would be extremely difficult to get to, possibly impossible to get to, but also a substance which facilitates creativity and expansion of the mind which means it could bring the human race into another whole kind of consciousness that we have never experienced as a race before, because we've been too tied up 
with living the way we ordinarily live. And the way we ordinarily live, as we all know, has not been without its problems, shall we say. Yes. You know, this reminds me of a story that I heard years ago from Bucky Fuller, our Buckminster Fuller, who was the creator of the geodesic dome, is one thing he's known for, but many, many other things. And he tells a story that when he was born, his eyesight was very fuzzy, and the way he viewed the world was all very fuzzy. And it wasn't until he was about, I believe, four years old that he got fitted for glasses. And when he got glasses, he then immediately saw the world in a very different way. And I believe that that really spurred his creativity not to accept the reality that we think is out there, but it may be more. And this is where psychedelic medicines can really help, as you say, expand consciousness like Crick and his partner uh, doing the DNA or Steve Jobs developing Apple, that it just sort of expands our creative capability. That's one thing it can do. And another thing is there's a lot of research on addiction and on end-of-life suffering and OCD or post-traumatic stress that it can be really very healing and helpful in those ways. Well, everything you're saying is accurate. And what we need, of course, is for the government to loosen up and for people to put pressure on the government. And part of the pressure, of course, is by people experimenting with these substances, though unfortunately they become criminals because they're doing an illegal act. But sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes people have to be willing to violate the law in order to get the law to change, because if enough people do something, it can create cultural change. We witness that in all kinds of ways. I mean, if everybody drives 65 miles an hour in a 55 zone, eventually the, 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 the laws change and maybe the speed limit goes up to 58 or 59. It doesn't mean it goes all the way to 65, but it means there's an increase so you make fewer people criminals by their behavior because so many are doing it. And I think that's what we need. And that's the reason that I've written this book that's coming out soon, The Confessions of the Psychedelic Elders, because I want the public to know that prominent people, good citizens, good mothers and fathers, good contributors to our culture have been using these psychedelic substances to their betterment for decades, not just for a couple of weeks, months, or years. They've been using them for decades. And unfortunately, many of them have been using them in isolation, and some of them have gone to prison for it. But they have continued their journey, and they've continued knocking on the government's door to get permission to do research, which is what we need a lot more of, of course. Well, I guess it can be compared to the prohibition of alcohol back in the 1920s and early 30s, where people just went around it. So therefore, if the government gets involved, it means that there would be stricter parameters on the quality of the substance and that sort of thing, so people can start to trust that. And there may be a whole industry of psychotherapists that are really specialized in helping people use these substances. That is definitely going to be in the future. I had a chat with Rick Doblin recently, and he said it's expected that we're going to need 
at least 24,000 guides to populate the psychedelic clinics that we're soon going to have within, soon meaning within a certain number of years, that we're going to have around the country. There'll be psychedelic clinics in various places. And there already are some springing up. There's a psychedelic clinic in Berkeley called the Sage Institute that was started by two doctors of clinical psychology, Jason Butler and Genesee Herzberg. It's the first low-fee psychedelic psychotherapy clinic for indigenous people in the United States, if not in the world. And they're doing ketamine therapy. And so there's a breakthrough where you have a clinic where people can go and get psychedelic psychotherapy, and they can go without having a lot of money. That's something else that we all need to be tuned into. We do not want access to psychedelic medicine to be something that only the upper class can do because of the expense involved or maybe the legality involved. See, right now that's a big issue because people with money can get on planes and fly to places to take psychedelics where they're legal, Jamaica, South America, I'm not certain about Mexico, but I hear they're going there. In your work, you're very well-versed, not only in the substances and how they can better be used, but also the politics of it all. The politics are critical because the government can either allow research, allow us to produce these things safely, allow us to teach the public how to use these things and benefit them both for medicine and for creativity, or it could continue to throw people in jail and ruin lives, which is what's been going on since 1935. Let's use this as an example. PTSD, the drug companies, the pharmaceuticals, are giving these people these drugs that they take every single day, 365 days of the year. And the research that you state in your book from the different people that are doing this work that a couple of psychedelic sessions has more benefit than all those drugs. I'm fortunate in that I'm old enough to have been able to be administered psychedelic medicines when they were legal, because I was already an adult and I was already a doctor of psychology. So I personally got to experience some of these medicines in my therapist's office because they were legal. And I did so. And those were seminal experiences for me because I had already had quite a bit of therapy, very fortunately, in graduate school. But I could also tell that what I got to with the psychedelics was material that I'd never gotten to in years of therapy. And it's quite possible that I never would have gotten to it because it was just lurking in the recesses of my consciousness. And then all of a sudden there it was, right before me to deal with and to heal and to make my life more graceful. And of course, that's what we're all looking for, a way to get out from under the pain and suffering of early trauma or early difficulties or whatever early did to us that left emotional scars. Exactly. Well, I just thank you so much for all the work that you continue to do. And we're going to look forward to your new book, which is Confessions of Some of the Elders and Famous People in Our Society who have availed themselves of this substance. So I, I look forward to that. 
as well as the book that you now have, which is Psychedelic Medicine, The Healing Powers of LSD, MDMA, Psilocybin, and Ayahuasca. And I want to remind our listeners, too, that you, Richard, do a radio series called Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. And for people to know where to tune into that, they can go to your website, mindbodyhealthpolitics.org, O-R-G. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.